trending news right now. Six minutes past four. Good morning. And if you've just joined us, this is Sound Awake here on SAFM. I'm Asanda Peta talking to Tiamu Malachi now, a friend of Sound Awake, who's a social commentator uh, looking at trending topics. What's happened in the last 24 hours in terms of social media? Tiamu, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, Asanda, and to the SAFM listeners. The temperature here in Bloemfontein is scorching hot. Are you so serious? I'm basically sweating, yeah. So you're trying to compete with Senegal. Yesterday they were recording temperatures of 45 degrees on the continent. It's like the hottest, basically. So you guys are yeah. trying to compete. <laughs> and it's supposed to be winter. It's not the time for those kind of competitions. What's going on? <laughs> well, we had to shake yesterday off because, yo, Siamo, it was heavy, eh? Yeah. So yeah. we're starting a new day today, uh, but uh, not everything is positive. But at least we're going to try a- and uh, look in the bright side of things. Starting with yes, uh, this is also trying. Mm, absolutely. Starting with hashtag Mbuiseni Ndlozi, uh, who was uh, being investigated for rape. And this is based on a report from a 23-year-old woman's affidavit. Mm. Okay, but the, the case is still under investigation. But what can we talk about in the meantime? Well, Twitter is having a very confusing conversation about this. So usually when allegations are raised online or through a reputable media source, you're going to have a large group of people um, talking about believing the uh, survivor, the words of the survivor standing in solidarity, calling for whoever was the alleged perpetrator to maybe stand aside or for some kind of statement to be released. But this time around, the conversation's been very different. It's been focused on the journalists, on the media reports. The South African Police Service has also released quite a confusing statement saying that Inglosi is not under investigation. What does that mean? So there's just been a whole lot of confusion around the, the way this entire thing's been reported. And we've seen that all over Twitter as well. Mm. Um, but I think, like all other allegations, we should treat it the same. You know, believe the words of the survivor is the best kind of option lots of people have online. What was also confusing to me is the woman uh, claiming, you know, in this uh, report that uh, this man was going by the name of Quentin. And yeah. then she later discovered that it is actually Ndlozi. I didn't even know that that's his middle name. You know, um, I mean, people have teased him about that in the past. But the, the journalist, that, that, tape, that article in the Daily Sun is just awful. It, 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 the, the way that it describes it, like uh, she went into Google and searched Quentin. You know that there lots of people on Twitter are commenting on that specific piece of information. And I think just a really bad job done in reporting the story is just empowering denialists and so forth. Uh, so, yes, it's, it's very confusing. One can hope that, you know, it gets reported on better as the story develops. Because right now it's a public story, which means they need to be more reporting on this. Right, let's take a break uh, because we need to do that and then we'll continue uh, speaking about hashtag Jacob Zuma, the former president celebrating his 79th birthday yesterday. Stay with us, Tiamo. So this is Trending Topics, looking at social media in the last uh, 24 hours. Stay with us. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 105.2 FM in East London. 
Siamo Malachi, our social commentator, joins us discussing trending topics, what's happened in the last 24 hours in social media. Now, talking hashtag Jacob Zuma, Siamo, it was his birthday yesterday. Yeah, celebrations. I mean, lots of people loved the former president. I actually think, I'm going to wager this, Anele. Uh, it's not Lafanda. I'm going to wait. Sorry, I was, I was, I was reading another Twitter hashtag just before the call began. Asanda, oh gosh, the most embarrassing thing ever. No, it's fine. The names all they both start with A. They both cross our names. It's okay. Oh no, that's so embarrassing. My excuse is that it's early in the morning. Yeah. So I think Jacob Zuma must be the most memed person on Twitter right now. I think uh, you, you just open up a random tweet and you got responses in a comedic manner with one of his famous poses or one of his famous frowns, one of his laughs. So I think his birthday was another opportunity for me to just see a whole lot of pictures of Jacob Zuma on the timeline. Mm. And I always ask myself, you know, how, how did they get all these new pictures? There's always a new picture. You know, one of him laughing. Uh, South Africa is very creative in the ways we can find ways to celebrate the former president. Mm. And I think his birthday was just an opportunity for even more memes I haven't seen that many memes of Jacob Zuma before in my life. Yeah. His daughter, Tutuzile Zuma Sambudla, saying that the foundation would compile messages into a book for Jacob Zuma, the messages that came through on, uh, on, on Twitter. What do you think of that? Uh, we've seen that a lot, these Twitter books. Um, and I think uh, lots of people, you know, tweets, they love that. Mm. Seeing their tweets in a book. And, uh, I mean, when Jacob Zuma opened his Twitter account, you know, that was so much celebration. It got so many followers almost instantly. So I, I do think it's a good idea. I think uh, people engaging with politicians, social media, in- influential people, so and, and the like. But at the same time, you know, there's a bit of a rewriting of the former president's legacy. That's mm-hmm. also somewhere mixed there. Uh, so it's great that we're celebrating him, but then sometimes it just feels like we're forgetting a few things here and there. He also shares the birthday with Public Enterprises Minister Pravin Gordon, but did anyone say anything about him? Uh, I don't know if many people on Twitter are excited about that birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's leave it there then. They are about seven years apart anyway in age. Just a, an interesting fact to throw out there. Okay, let's talk now. Hashtag Helen Ziller, mm. uh, the DA federal chair, who sent, uh, who sent a post on the situation in northern Mozambique, first of all, and then talked about the hashtag Black Lives Matter issue, saying that it seems like the, the movement chooses what to focus on because it's not looking at what's going on in Mozambique. And then talking about a, releasing yeah. a book as well on, on wokeness. Yeah, no, the book is probably going to be awful. It's probably going to be filled with the same kind of awful takes we've seen her give on Facebook, on Twitter. I just don't understand Helen Zilla's logic here because Black Lives Matter is a U.S.-based movement reporting on things that happen in the United States mostly. So the fact that Black Lives Matter is not talking a lot about what's going on in Mozambique, I think, you know, we, we, we've known this for a long time. But secondly, I don't think people are quiet about Mozambique. Maybe we aren't tweeting about Mozambique with the exact moniker of Black Lives Matter, which is the weirdest argument to make, really. Secondly, I think this uh, idea of Helen Zilla is to try and rebrand herself as some sort of sensible commentator of woke politics. It's the weirdest thing ever. Mm. I mean, at some point she was an expert on Twitter bots. Now she's an expert on woke politics, anything to sell a book, really. 
Um, but what I do think is most important out of all of this is she, she should maybe try out some different hashtags. Maybe she should search hashtag Mozambique and so forth, and she'll see people talking about this. Do you think then that South Africans just take anything from America and we sort of copy and paste into our situations? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, am I next protest, for instance? I mean, we did have Me Too protests too, but then we had total shutdown, you had Am I Next? We, you, you do have a lot of uniqueness. You do have a lot of um, ways of being, of activism, of being online, even the way in which we tweet. I don't think it's copy and paste. What I think it is, is that Black Lives Matter has been really successful in drawing an international spotlight. And so it makes sense that we would jump onto that bandwagon as well. Um, but I, I, I don't know why the focus is on Black Lives Matter, on particular hashtags. I just think that we should look for the Twitter engagement we're looking for and we'll find it. So Helen Zill is not looking for these tweets and that's why she's not seeing them. And this is a, a genocide. I mean, this is literally a genocide. It's repeating what we've seen happening on the continent in yeah. other parts of, of it. Uh, it's just gruesome, to, to say the least, what's going on in Mozambique. So, And it's it been would, going on for a while now. Yes, absolutely. And it would warrant a, a completely different hashtag than Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Without taking away from the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, so I mean, yeah, let's move on then. Talking uh, hashtag mental health, and this is as uh, the South African Twitter community was taking a, a positive step forward and uh, disclosing their own diagnosis to destigmatize conditions uh, such as ADHD, anxiety, depression, and others. Mm-hmm. So we heard from radio DJs, we heard from different people saying, you know, I've also struggled with this. This uh, with the backdrop of uh, the uh, you know issue with uh, AKA. Uh, fiance, um, the tragic death of her, Nelly Tembe. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of those moments in social media where we look at everything we're achieving and we say, this is why Twitter was created. A whole lot of people coming together to destigmatize something that should never have been stigmatized in the first place. Uh, mental mm. health and the various afflictions people experience. And over time, at least in the online domain, we are able to break down taboo conversations. We're able to expose people to words they probably didn't have before. People don't know about certain conditions and ways of being. You know, that story uh, was it schizophrenia about a week ago. There was a, a woman who was, uh, you know, uh, assaulted and killed by a mob when she was having a schizophrenic outbreak because they were accusing her of being a witch, you know. It's almost like when you destigmatize the conversation, people are exposed to new conditions and they, and they understand the world better. Mm. Uh, I, I think that's really what Twitter was created for. And the fact that influential people yeah. are getting involved as well is really good because they've got the largest reach. Absolutely. I love this. As you say, this is what Twitter or any other social media platform actually mm. was created for. It just... It, it just had its time where it turned to being negative and then, you know, some of us will say we don't want to be on it. But this is what would bring me back if I was one of those people who said that I don't want to be online or on social media. Uh, Casey Chambers then from the South African Depression uh, and Anxiety Group also having her say, which was quite important because of the role they play on this issue uh, and, and also sharing that it's important for people to talk about their challenges in order to dis- destigmatize uh, mental health. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Casey also shared that the calls, the amount of calls they've received during the time of lockdown has doubled. Yeah, it's, uh, when people are staying at home, their home environments might not necessarily be 
most conducive. A lot of our lives have been disrupted in ways that make things worse. These are the various things I'm seeing a lot of people say online about how the lockdown affects our mental health. If you read a lot of the written pieces that um, medical professionals are putting in op-eds and so forth, yeah, I mean, there's a connection between the lockdown and mental health, definitely. So that's a bigger reason why we need to be online talking about mental health, because that's where a lot of people are right now. Um, I saw this graph that was showing how people are spending a lot more time in social media during the lockdown than before. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, as long as we're using social media as a force for good, maybe we can achieve something. Absolutely. All right. I think we've got a message then on some uh, one of the topics that we touched on. The Daily Sun reports on uh, the alleged rape, uh, which says Utulani in the Val says the Daily Sun reporter was supposed to allow the police to investigate the matter before naming the suspect. But uh, to reason known to him, he mentioned the name and now the matter becomes a rumor. And another question is why the editor decided to allow for the name to be revealed before proper procedures were followed. Uh, Tulani, I guess, is agreeing with you there. Yeah, I don't think this was the strongest way to report. And I mean, allegations of this nature, especially against a very, can I say polarizing? That's usually a bad word. A contentious political figure. It's definitely going to create a lot of conversation. So you want to be sure if you're running a kind of media report like this, that you don't create confusion, but you create clarity. Mm. All right, that's on the hashtag Mbuinsenindlozi, a topic that we spoke of. But on the hashtag mental health, please do note the number for SADAG is 0800-567-567, if we can just share that, 0800-567-567. Okay, final topic now, hashtag Love Island SA. Uh, I'm going to leave this one to you because I'm not the target market. Oh, you, you haven't been following? Love I'm, I'm just absolutely not even the target market. You know, dating shows that are reality shows are no. just not my thing, Tiamo. You don't know Team Vivo and, and uh, Tim Nai Wan? I know the concept, uh, but I, I, don't, I don't watch these type of shows. I just don't. Well, I mean, I also don't watch the show, but I saw on Twitter people were celebrating because the, a black couple actually won the whole yeah, from the Eastern Cape. The Abakayabam, I should be excited, but I don't know. It's just the whole show <laughs> concept for me. And it's not just Love Island. It's all these dating shows that are reality shows that I just find very sensationalized. Okay, anyway, you, take you, on, you take also, over. Do you, you also not watch things like The Real Housewives of Durban? None of that stuff. I watch The Real Housewives, but the dating ones are the ones that are like The Bachelor, The Bachelorettes, The uh, Married at First Sight. Big what, Brother? All these different, no, I don't watch Big Brother. I oh. only watch... Uh, I watch... Um, what do I watch reality TV-wise? Yeah, I've, I've seen The Real Housewives, but I don't follow also like extensively. I couldn't tell you what's going on now, but I've seen you know some episodes. But I don't think you missed much with Love Island. I only saw one episode of the show and I decided I've seen enough. I don't think it was the most well-produced show. I don't think they set out... I mean, people on Twitter are always complaining and giving their own advice on what the show should do. But I think some of it's really sensible. I guess maybe it was the first season. I don't know who the production company was, but they'll probably improve for the second season. Of course, everyone was talking about the lack of racial diversity, you know, in the beginning, and now black couples won the show. I think it's really us, you know, South Africans. We were like, yeah, we're going to make sure. (laughs) And then we made sure. <laughs> so, that was exciting. I mean, I, I guess we saw it coming. I she looked at the excitement of who, which couple was getting votes and attention online. I mean, we're a majority black country. It's it's, it's sort of like uh, we, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, but the only thing I want to comment on Love Island is 
I think they need to do just a little bit better, especially if all of us are stuck during lockdown and we're all watching this for entertainment. At least try a bit harder. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they found love and money, it, it, it seems. So great for them. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, to, to them, of course, uh, everyone was supporting them. I saw everyone celebrating. They even had like a post um, interview afterward. They brought, I don't know which mother they brought on, but they brought one of the one of the pair's mothers on and she was just speaking to everyone as well. I think it was Timna's mother. Um, I don't know. It was just nice, I guess. It's like a, a bit of good news for most people sitting at home. Mm. Maybe, maybe also evaluating their own romantic lives as well. Lockdown has been tough for a lot of people, I hear. Yeah, I guess it's just uh, living vicariously through those yeah. you see then yeah. on these shows. <laughs> but let's leave it there for today. Thank you so much, uh, Chiamo. We'll uh, chat again tomorrow. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you. Tiamo Malachi, our social commentator, talking trending topics here on SAFM Sound Awake.